Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, my wonderful guest. We're going to be talking about her fantastic book called The Cosmic Bitch. Oh, so exciting. It's Jennifer Fiedler. Why did she write this book? What was she trying to say? What was the universe trying to say to her? She said she'd like to speak of her passion for inspiring people seeking a deeper level of awareness, increased confidence, greater sense of self-trust, more resilience, and less fear of uncertainty. Her joy in helping people overcome their pain points around self-worth, authenticity, and their connection to the divine, and her desire to show as many people as possible that if I can do it, then they too can get uh, do it too, by getting the cosmic bitch slap out into the world. The book is all about that, but she is a veteran filmmaker, trainer, lecturer, confidence coach, uh, racing fan, and author. She's been in the film industry for a long time, and she knows exactly how brutal it can be, how competitive how toxic the work environment is known to man. And while working in this unique industry, she developed a serious addiction to mind-blowing exhilaration and non-stop excitement that can block out the, the toxic nature of what goes on around you. And for after almost uh, 20 years, Jennifer's uh, arms got tired of holding all that toxicity at bay and knowing she had burnt out, she dropped out to pursue a radically different course, resulting in the epic adventure spanning four continents and for more than nine years. The Cosmic Big Slap is the book that Jennifer wrote about how she gradually discovered her big, fat, sharp, shiny movie-making tools could successfully put her in use in other contexts. And it's a story about basically a parable about all things that we don't know and that we do already know. You know, I mean, we I heard you on the 262 talk, which was, you know, you were so illuminating on there, but the, you know, the title of the Cosmic Big Slap. I'm always referring to people getting the Cosmic 2 by 4 we get the nudge, nudge, wink, wink from the universe and, and we're not paying attention. And then the universe go, wackaroo, have I got your attention now? You know, that bitch slap that you got there after so, so long kind of denying it, re refusing to listen to it, keeping your foot on the pedal all the way to make sure that you're not hearing it. How did it come about for you, Jennifer? And welcome to the show. Uh, happy to be here, Sarah. Thank you so much. Um, so the title of the book, Cosmic Bitch Slap, Accidental Discoveries, Compliments of the Universe. And I'd like to begin by defining what a cosmic bitch slap is. And it's the way the universe shows us something that we cannot perceive mm. or we're unable to see or we're unwilling to look at. And so time and time and time again, so many people make the same mistake. Oh, well not perceived as such, of course, but repetitive behavior that keeps them stuck or keeps them unhappy or has deleterious consequences, shall we say. And suddenly there's a bitch slap. And what happens is that uh, 
receiving this short, sharp blow to the back of the head, figuratively speaking, <laughs> your teeth snap shut and um, something rattles loose. And what loosens when it falls down into our consciousness is an insight. And insight is what allows us to part the veil, if you will. And it's a very sudden, as soon as this happens, what you were looking at before you got bitch slapped does not look like that at all yeah. any longer. And it's sudden and it's permanent. So often people talk about, uh, you know, in, in coaching, we always talk about you have to do the work, right? Mm -hmm. And that's critical, no doubt about it. But people regard this with a degree of trepidation or dread or like, oh my God, and it's going to take all this time and this and a cosmic bitch slap is instant. Mm -hmm. And so when you recognize what that is, it really opens up something that is kind of crazy because people just people, it freaks them out, you know, yeah. because they think it takes all this work and whatnot. So an example of that would be someone who say has a very stressful job and they know somewhere deep down inside, we always know, right? Mm -hmm. The job is stressful and they're most unhappy and then they have a heart attack mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, or a stroke or some other serious medical, that's a cosmic bitch slip. Mm -hmm. That person has not been listening to their heart or themselves to understand that what they're doing is costing them dearly. And so the universe, as it always provides for us, takes the choice away from them by debilitating them with a serious illness. So that's kind of a quotidian and everyday example of a cosmic bitch slip. Is that what happened to you? Did you fall into a, an illness or, you know, what, when that bitch slap happened to you, what was the revelation that was given to you? Oh, well, it happened over a course of time and, and the subtitle is plural, accidental discoveries, mm -hmm. compliments of the universe. So no, I, um, I'd worked in the motion picture industry for quite a while and, uh, I came off a particularly ghastly television show <laughs> and, uh, I was just, uh, this insane dialogue took place in my head. This tiny little voice in my head said, uh, I don't give a f word if i never make another movie again mm -hmm. and this big loud voice said wait what shut up what did you just say <laughs> and the tiny little voice said no no i'm done man And the big mm -hmm. voice said so uh not that i'm criminally insane but we all have these <laughs> yes. voices in yes. our heads you know so the big loud voice is the voice of our ego mm -hmm. that that our head it's a voice in our mind yeah the tiny soft voice i'd never heard before Mm -hmm. It never occurred to me that I didn't want to make movies anymore. I mean, hey, man, I thought I loved what I did. Granted, it was stressful and whatever. But as you said in the introduction, it's very extreme. It's very exciting and it's seriously addictive. And like, who wouldn't want that? I mean, I loved what I did. So uh, that was the first one. And it took me quite a while to um, recognize what that was like who wait what who just said that what who is what is that mm -hmm. and that was the first bitch slip when i realized that's the tiny soft voice of my heart and as humans human nature you know we tend to dwell in our head yes and that's the domicile of mm -hmm. the big loud voice and we all have one that's part mm -hmm. of the human condition right mm -hmm. 
and that voice only ever spews toxic crap. Mm -hmm. That voice never says anything like, gee, Jennifer, you could do whatever you want anywhere in the world and enjoy doing it and have a successful, wonderful life. No, 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 no. That voice never says anything like that. So the way we recognize this tiny, soft voice of our heart is that it only ever always tells the truth and it's supportive and it's encouraging. And we're so programmed to not mm -hmm. acknowledge that, that we tend to live in this headspace with this loud voice. And the bottom line is just because it's the loudest voice in the room doesn't mean you have to listen to it. Right. So that was my, indeed, indeed. So, uh, or just divert it, you know, mm -hmm. thank you so much for your input. I'm doing something else now. Yes. Uh, Keep it busy yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that was the first one. And then this trip, this adventure, they just kept happening one after another. So my, uh, the most significant one that catalyzed my writing this book was that I had acquired a very large bag of sharp, shiny tools that to me are movie making tools mm -hmm. because I'd had this inner dialogue. What, what did I do if I didn't do this? I don't know. What would I do? I don't know how to do anything else. Da, 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 da. And uh, the gradual discovery that these are tools not only for navigating life, but for business as well, mm -hmm. that I possessed some serious business skills, you know, that just never occurred to me in a million years, which I call Jennifer the Idiot Strikes Again. <laughs> uh, no, you were too immersed in what you were doing to actually understand what you were doing. Or the, you know, or, or, or the, you know, the other dynamics of how you could do it. And that's because you said you were addicted very much into what you were doing. It was thrilling. It was exciting. And probably it took that really God, I'm awful show actually for that little voice to actually come up and, and really be able to be heard. Right. Because if you were still doing a show that you really loved, you would keep suppressing it and kind of fooling yourself that you were living the dream. But Absolutely. Because that's Absolutely. what the head is saying. That's what the accomplishment is saying, you know, and that's why your next gig and your next gig. Well, I must be doing something right because I'm in demand. And that little voice is saying, but you're not being true to you. You can take all this expertise and you can put it into something else, just willing to take the self-discovery and find out what it is. But we choose not to listen to the lingering voice because it does require us to stop, be still, be present, tune in. The, the outside voices or the exterior. Well, I've got the fame and the fortune and the money and the prestige. Why do I want to walk away from that? Right. You know, uh, why would I want to divert from that? Because that's the ego. The inner voice is saying, but you are so much more than that. You know, and tune uh, into uh, the gifts inside. Now, that's that to me more than anything uh, is hitting the nail on the head, mm -hmm. which is you are so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And so I must uh, I agree with everything you said. However, for me, it wasn't a like fame and fortune. And mm -hmm. I, I worked behind the camera, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, but. I also think that I agree with you that basically listening to that loud voice is the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. However, I'm adamant about the fact that in our Western culture, mm -hmm. we are deprogrammed to pay any attention to, and you can call this whatever, the voice of your heart, your intuition. I prefer the phrase inner knowing. We are just taught out, out, out of the gate mm -hmm. that that's crap. 
And Just ignore it. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it isn't. And so that that really kind of um, hit the nail on the head. And for me was exactly that was you're so much bigger than this. Yeah. And I'm sure we've all heard I, I work as a confidence coach and, and I have been coached myself, of course. And um, there's a very overused phrase. I'm not big into like jargon and trite phrases and such that, that are that litter the ground in the coaching world, but um, hiding your light under a bushel. Mm -hmm. And I always, I understand the need to put things in a certain way, but that one never really like clicked with me. Mm -hmm. But I had a uh, I was talking about this coaching session with a colleague who was also a friend of mine. And she said, God, what is the matter with you? You are so much more than a than an AD and a producer. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And it speaks to another part of our human nature, the human condition, which is what you see when you look in the mirror is a far cry mm -hmm. from what I see when I look at you. And this is part of being human. And so to transcend our human nature and move into our human potential, we need to be aware of these things and start figuring this stuff out with the help of a coach conceivably, but we never really attain our human potential if we're not able to transcend our human nature that we all share, by the way. It's it's part of our upbringing. It's so indoctrinated inside of us. It's societal dictation of who you should be, what success is, how important you should be. If you do this and if you do that, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. Otherwise, no one's going to see you. You won't be important. And if we live from that exterior life, we're never going to feel enough. And we're never going to feel accomplished. The accomplishment is knowing when you are aligned with yourself in your own knowingness, knowing what you need to know when you need to know it. And trusting that message, uh, not even having to see the whole plan that is, Absolutely. You, know, you know, you take this path and you take it in trust because you know that you're going to be given everything you need on that path as you walk it because you're, you're walking in faith, you're walking in trust, what anybody wants to call it. But it is, it's a, a surrendering to that kind of higher power, that cosmic power of knowledge in the wisdom of how to use our knowledge because we're so stuck up in the head knowledge and how important that knowledge is and how many letters you have behind your name and everything else that yeah. we've forgotten if we don't have the wisdom on how to use the knowledge the knowledge is just a database absolutely however i must say uh you you've just made a, a few huge asks of people you know what you've everything you what you've just said has entailed like five huge asks and people are not equipped you have to have the wisdom okay where does that come from i don't have any it's that little to, voice inside you have to <laughs> trust something that you may or may not believe in mm -hmm. you have to you also said about timing like we don't we call that divine timing okay that's a huge ask man mm -hmm. come on we people are not good at the deferment of their gratification are they no, right. and also to acknowledge uh accomplishment i mean i completely agree with what you say mm -hmm. but it's uh you're like a poster child for coaching because people can't do that by themselves they no. just that's why there's coaching and so but you also can't help them until the inner voice 
it gives them permission to seek well, the coach. They, exactly, till they want to, or or the the doo doo hits the fan, or something along those lines uh, happens. So yeah, precisely. It's, uh, it's it's a huge challenge for people, and and what it takes is to um, address their pain point. You know, that's another. We're all plagued with how often do you hear I, I coach around enoughness, right? You are enough just as you are. And we don't feel like that. In the corporate world, it's called imposter syndrome, another jargony thing I hate. But it's all the same thing of just as I am, I'm enough. Yes. And and that that's huge. Uh, issues of authenticity, like conformity, this this almost like lemmings running and diving off a cliff, the need to conform. And the thing about conformity, the good thing about conformity is you fit in and everybody likes you, mm -hmm. right? For a the while. bad thing about conformity is you fit in and you don't like yourself. Mm. And so being fearful of being authentic, hey man, what you see is what it is. Got a problem with that? I don't feel free to share because what you think of me is none of my business. Yes. So this is a very deeply inculcated thing in our culture. And again, not in a lot of Eastern cultures. I spend a lot of time in India and they have such tangible, they radiate spirituality <coughs> and happiness from the juxtaposition of squalor and beautiful temples is mind-blowing but these people are happy and mm. they don't have i mean of course there's a caste system there's all kinds of stuff that we would go oh my god but they're cool with that you know here's my caste here's my deal and there is no imposter syndrome or not enoughness or conformity you know whatever i can't be authentically me and that, you know, think about people living their life as somebody else. What in hell must that be like? Mm. I mean, that that's a definition of torture to me, you know, like yes. what in the world? And look, this world we live in, these false eyelashes that look <laughs> like dead spider legs curled up and shapewear and fingernails. Like, how do you get dressed or do what you need to do in the bathroom with that? I mean... Ooh. And part of it's fashion trend, but part of it's also modification of something because as it is, it's you don't not feel good enough. enough. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, it's being able to stand tall in yourself and say, I am. Just Absolutely. I am. I I am. am. That's no, a complete sentence. That is. And, and it, is, it is a journey to get there. And as I said before, if the outside voice is still so loud, you're not listening to the inside voice. You're not going to know you need a coach or you need to take this journey. It's only when that inside voice really starts knocking on the shoulders, you know, tap, tap, you know, nudge, nudge, or cosmic bitch slap. Um, or a few of them to get to that point where like, I cannot live this external life anymore. I, it feels foreign to me. I feel foreign in that skin. Surely there must be something more to me. There must be another direction. And when they're willing to take that direction, then they're willing and open to receive the guidance they need from whomever they seek it. It's called free will. It's, it's that permission for others to help you. You can't help anyone until they're willing to help themselves. Oh, absolutely. And now you just made another huge ask. 
is for people to be cool with receiving rather than giving, because this is part of Christian dogma of, oh, no, 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 no. It's all about giving. Yes. And if you can't e with equal ease, give and receive, you're out of balance. Mm -hmm. And so in my coaching experience, again, I concur with everything you say in my coaching experience, this juncture of I really need help sadly is either the result of something cataclysmic or on a, a few situations it started with me describing the person and it was so uh d d not their picture of themselves mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they were like what are you talking about that's not me and this was someone younger than me so more uh more malleable if you will uh and i said well i don't I think you're full of crap. You know, I don't see anything that you just said to me. I here's what I see. Mm -hmm. And I see you. And I mm -hmm. understand you. And here's what I see. And I also see what this could be. And I described that. And they like signed up on the spot. Right. So it's rather extreme. Of course, we need to give ourselves permission to do that. Or we need to be laid low by something cataclysmic. Yeah. Or we need to be drawn in by something that's so irresistible, something we yearn for so yeah. badly that someone explains or paints a picture of that's water in the desert. We really want that. And we trust that person because they've just blown our head open right. to uh, move forward. But uh, yeah, the, yeah, the picture you've painted of them is like, you see that? Exactly. You see that? I can yeah. be that? Yeah, exactly. Right? And exactly. it's and it's you know it's like I would like to be that. How do I become that? So it's an invitation, right? Quite, you, quite. But if they don't take the invitation, you can't go any further. But if they take that invitation, <clears throat> now you know they're willing to actually do the work to actually see the vision that you see inside of them, right? Quite, quite. Um, and you know it it does take it does take a lot of ups and downs because while you're trying to discover who you are really you know what mm. is your meaningful purpose and and who are you where can you get to this point where you can say i am that's it full stop it does take a journey and it's very very easy to get manipulated by the external and by other people by your work by conditions around you and there is a certain amount of seclusion that you need to do and shut off from the outside world in order to be able to hear yourself and hear what it is that you need to embrace because you can't do that if you're still in the arena of all that other negative chatter absolutely absolutely so we also we do a lot of work on boundaries you know mm. and uh and again i always they they laugh when i'm like why do you care what he thinks of you that's mm -hmm. none of your business man exactly. and exactly. and like wait what I but uh there, it, all, all bad behavior, all, let's say, not optimal behavior is fear-based. Mm -hmm. And we're fearful of censure. We're fearful of discovery. We're so many, you know, a plethora of fears abound, right? Right. Some people <laughs> but, are just afraid of fear, full stop. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to yes, be worried. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, tremendous focus on money and I'm doing a job that I hate, but it's a money, 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 money. And that's like backwards. Cause of course, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you don't have to even worry about money. 
So these are very difficult concepts for people to grasp. And often it's uh, easier to start with uh, dealing with their boundaries mm -hmm. and, and getting them to articulate, okay, what makes you say that? What I don't get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Can you say that to me another way? And then gradually out comes whatever rule, whatever bullshit rule they've been adhering to yes. for years. And I can always, I always get a feeling like a, when that, that moment happens, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, there's the event horizon. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we can, we can move forward and often make great strides. But um, I've, I've always been very fortunate in that um, I've never really suffered adversity. I'm one of those chronic overachiever kind of people. Uh <laughs> dancing my way through my life, you know, and uh, that's not to say there haven't ups and downs and mm -hmm. whatever, but I've never been uh, really had had tremendous adversity in my life, you know, and um, and I think that I know that that a lot of that has to do with attitude because I'm very resilient and I'm pretty self-analytical and I've always known I've never thought to myself oh you're such a failure you're such a loser I've always learned from failure without anybody having to tell me that it's a good lesson uh, mm -hmm. I've always turned inward to figure out like why did I why am I thinking that or why am I saying that or I mean we're just whatever so this adventure I I this is kind of a story I'm pretty proud of uh, I've always been, a, I, I have no fear because I don't care. Mm -hmm. Something's going to happen. I don't need to know the outcome. Something's going to happen. So I, I, I don't really do fear, you know, mm -hmm. uh, as we age, I worry about my aging parents. That's different. I'm not fearful on my own behalf. Yeah. It's concern. So yes. Concern. Oh, absolutely. Not mm -hmm. fear. It's tremendous concern, <laughs> yes. but um, I love risk. And I love uncertainty because the the unknown, we're very uncomfortable in the unknown and uncertainty without seeing that the known is limiting. Yes. When you reside in the known, you're limited to, obviously, what you know. Yeah. Whereas the unknown, the un in unknown is the same un that's in unlimited. Mm-hmm. So there are, the, the unknown is limitless. It offers limitless possibilities and opportunities. And that's where magic lives in the unknown. Yeah. And so again, it's human nature to be very fearful. It's control oriented. You know, I need to know the outcome, man. I'm not doing this until I know the, yes. okay, so you got to What's the end of the chapter? How did they die? Yes. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And we have this monkey death grip mm -hmm. on that. And it's really... Just open your hands mm -hmm. and relinquish that control. And Surrender. so, oh, yeah, that's hard too. Um, at any rate, when I um, I was in Korea for a year and then I was in India for half a year and I went back to Los Angeles. And uh, this is all in the book and part of this thing. But I uh, was told, was told, uh, Poland kept popping into my head. Mm -hmm. This is the universe speaking. And I'm like, Poland, why the hell would I go to Poland, man? You know, I, I've been to France. I've been all over Europe. I've shot movies in Eastern Europe, like Poland. What? Mm -hmm. And uh, 
as it panned out, Poland was indeed optimal for the business that I was doing at the time. Mm. And so I did a bunch of research and found all out, found out all about Poland. And I was like, oh, wow, man. So I was on, I'll never forget this day in my apartment in Los Angeles. And I'm sitting, not at my desk, at my dining room table on my Mac. And I'm looking up flights and such. And I found a flight to Warsaw, the capital of Poland. Mm. And uh, I bought it, one-way ticket to Warsaw. I had no job. I had no housing lined up. I do not speak Polish. I didn't know anybody there. And I bought a one-way ticket. And I ended up living there for five years <laughs> and uh, successfully. And the lesson there, I've told people this story. And they're like, oh, my God, you are crazy, man. Mm. Or, wow, you're so brave. I could never do Of course you could do that. And the reason I could do that is because... I know and trust myself. Yes. I was not putting myself in harm. There's always a way out. Yes. But I know that once I get there, I know what my people skills are. Mm -hmm. I know what my networking skills are. I know what I'm capable of bringing to the party or skills that I have that I can leverage that are of tremendous value. And gee was, guess what? They were. So we can all do that. That's why yeah. I say, hey, if I can do that, you can too. And you're fooling yourself if you're like, oh, Jennifer, you're so brave. You're so that I'm just like you are. You, the collective you. Yeah. There's an explorer all... in all of us. In all of Absolutely. us. Absolutely. You know, and if we could step more into this seeking, you know, I call it the what is factor. If you go, what if this all goes wrong? But what if? What if yeah, there's what something if it to doesn't? be discussed there? Yeah, it's all a change of that attitude and that, you know, the mm. way that you look at it. It is, I've been one of these people that literally has one way ticketed. You know, I came to this country, Canada, one way ticket, uh, and I had to have a return to somewhere because otherwise they won't let you in. But um, I came here for a year. <laughs> And I didn't really have a permit to live here for a year, but I did. I worked under the table and all of that. And then I was going back to the States to to live. Uh, I didn't know how. You know, I never know how anything's going to happen. I just follow the instincts of doing it, right? I met my ex-husband here, had three beautiful children, right? So that was what I was, and I'm still here in Canada. But the thing is, if we're not, if we're so crippled by a, other people's opinions, uh, other people's dictation of what we can and cannot do. Uh, if we're so crippled by the, the fear of what could go wrong, nothing's ever going to go right. right. And I was brought up because I was sickly a child. Um, I was brought up, well, let's just hope she makes a good marriage. She's never going to accomplish anything. And then kind of for a while, it was like, well, nobody ever thinks I'm ever good enough to do anything. But on the other hand, I turned it the other way. Well, if they don't expect anything from me, there's my freedom to explore. I'm just become what I want to be or just. Oh, you know. that's very cool. That's so, you know, it took cool. a little while to do that. But what I found, and I've just done my memoir as well. And what I found in doing this is my universal soul, which is my compass, ignited with my heart and said, you're going here, you're doing this. And don't worry about anything else. Just be in the now, be present. And I'm, I'm not one for big planning. <laughs> I'm not one for big organization. I've got better as I've got older because, you know, there's a little more to do. But it was very much about, I'm going there. Well, do you know anybody there? No. I do this, do that? No. It's just, I'm just meant to go and what will be, will be. 
And I had the gift of being able to kind of politely pull the wool over people's eyes. BS is probably a better thing. Uh, Talk myself into things or talk other people into hiring me. Mm -hmm. Right. So it is, can I do the job? I don't know. I was the first woman rep of mobile oil in South Africa. Did I know anything about oil? Zero. But I knew, (laughs) I knew about customer service. Right. I knew about, you know, uh, listening to people to what they needed. They knew what oil they wanted. It wasn't me selling them the oil. They know what they want. They wanted to know what service they were going to get. And I realized that's being kind of the thread in everything I've done. And I think it's, it's looking at your transferable skills. What are you good at? Some people may not be good at that networking or getting out there and really introducing themselves. Okay, then go somewhere and join one thing. One thing that you're comfortable at, build build your own little tribe there and then start branching out slowly. But just be willing to explore life because life isn't meant to be backseat driver. Get behind the wheel, put it in gear, point it in a direction and see where it goes. All you need Absolutely. to know is you've got enough gas or gas gas money, that's all. <laughs> or yeah, well, gas money, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and so it rose an interesting uh, point, which is, you don't need to know how, right? which is another one of these things like, okay, you got to decide, are you in control? Mm. Or are you saying the universe is going to provide you with that, which you want? Because if you're in control, it's fine. The how, the why, the minutia, the be it, whatever, the drama. But you just said to me that you believe in that. Okay. So why are you doing the how? That's not your job which is another, like, that's none of your business. Mm -hmm. So you've got to commit to one or the other. And you just told me for the last two hours that, oh, yes, in the universe, blah, 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 whatever. But here you are still in your human skin bag trying to do, and how is that going to work? And planning is another thing I wanted to address, which is I completely concur that planning, you know, what is, what's the point? I mean, and let's be sure we put things in the proper context. Mm-hmm. I've I've invited five German producers to my home for dinner. Yes, I need to plan for that. Yes. Obviously, <laughs> I'm cooking. What are they, you know, we need to plan for that. However, bigger, so it's kind of like the stuff you got to plan for is the little stuff, right? Yes, like, preparation, preparation. Yes. Yes. Do you have enough money for gas? Mm -hmm. Do I have the proper things so I can plug in my hairdryer? Like whatever, you know, planning small things, (laughs) which is like taking human steps to do your part of it. And then once again, open your hands, baby, just let it go. Strap yourself in because the ride's going to be amazing. And that's very, very hard for people to do. The thing is, people will trust things <clears throat> if they're brought up religious, they're brought up to believe in the God they've been told to believe in, right? They may mm. not have had experience with that God. They, even had a com- they haven't had a conversation or anything to do with it. And I had somebody on this week who said, I believed in, in God. I would go to church, but I never had that connection because she was looking for it on the outside and how wow. other people told her how she had to have that connection. And it's when she then finally kind of made that journey where she made the connection direct line, right, to her God. And that's the thing. Other people are going to tell you how. And what you have to do is you you pick 
like you're cooking a dish, you're going to pick the ingredients that you think are going to go in that dish, right? Uh, a little less salt, a little more pepper, a little less this and a little more that because it's your dish. Now, somebody may give you some tools. They give you the ingredients to say, make this dish with it. How you do it is up to you. They're giving you That's some a advice. Great analogy. Right? They're giving you some advice, but it's got to be. And it has to have the essence of you in that. Because that's what defines the dish different to just the basic recipe that anybody else can do. So how do we bring our essence to everything we do in life? Is that we've got to know who we are from the core of our very being so we can bring that to everything else that we do. And that means you really do have to turn away from the outside and go in into the inside and really listen in because then you'll find the right coach. You'll be able to hear the right coach. What the coach is, is saying in, in, look, this ingredient, that ingredient, that ingredient, again, how you put it together is now, is now up to you and what it means to you. But if we're not willing to participate in our own life, we're just looking for someone to fix us. Just tell me how, just tell me how. Oh, oh that yeah. didn't work. Tell me how. <clears throat> but instead of how did you do it? What ingredients can I take? Mm -hmm. And then how do I do it in a way that it resonates and relates to me? Absolutely. And, and a lot of that has to do with um, your level of authenticity mm. and your willingness to be authentic, your lack of fear around yeah. being authentic. I don't really, I don't give a shit. I'll do it. Uh, that that's hard. That's hard. And, and I agree, you know, yes. Or it even doing it fearful, doing it fearful. Off. You know? yeah, well, yeah, but you until so you're comfortable when you're, when you're not. Yeah. You know, but I agree. Yes. You have to like, kind of uh, divorce yourself, if you will, from things that bring up what you're trying to overcome. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of like uh, people in AA uh, obviously are encouraged to not hang out with their friends who drink and hang out at bars. Makes sense, right? And 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 that's problematic for them because, oh, this was my best friend for 20 yes. years. Absolutely. With a toxic habit that you're trying to overcome. Mm -hmm. And this is very uh, similar to that of to put your to put your signature on your life. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to lose a lot of the fear, but have the authenticity to be like, yeah, I'm going to go for that. And I, I kind of don't really care what my grandmother says. I love mm -hmm. her very much, but mm -hmm. she's always kind of rained on my parade or, you know, my colleagues. That's a big one. Oh, but my colleagues, what about them? <laughs> Get your job. They're no longer your colleagues. Problem solved. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's always more than one way of skin and a cat, you know, and it's yeah. just hard for people to some of the more extreme ways of uh, doing that involve larger action steps that are kind of hard for people. You know? I know, you know, and one of the things I would suggest to people when they're on this journey is, is bring your boundary in quite really tight around you and just let people know, look, I'm, I'm on a journey at the present moment and I'll get back to you if I get back to you. And, mm -hmm. and, it, and it, this is the time to be selfish. This is the yeah. time to pour into yourself everything that you've poured into everyone else. And I was one of those people, pour, 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 and then be depleted. I wonder why yeah. I was depleted. And it's like, um, because you're not pouring into people that are receiving in such a beautiful light and energy that that energy is coming back to fortify you. You're pouring into people that are just sucking you dry like a piranha and you've got nothing left. 
right? So you have to kind of switch off to people all around you and go, okay, I'm insulating, I'm going in. I am just going to have the people around me that are going to help me in my self-discovery. And that is not being selfish. It is being selfish. It's essential that you be selfish. It is essential that you place that importance upon yourself. It's not self-importance. It's importance of self. Because that's the only way you're going to truly kind of listen to your own voice, your own feelings. So many people are thinking, but they're not feeling. And you've got to feel those thoughts. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is switch off from everybody else around you. And then you're going to go, you know what? Only from distance with that person over did I realize how toxic they were. I didn't realize it when I was around them. Or that, Mm. you know, that person's been trying to help me all along and I was just too deaf to hear. Mm. And that, you know, I'm not in the right arena altogether. Gosh, no, no. What am I doing here? And this this is really what I love. Why am I not doing that? But you don't discover that unless you're in that space. It absolutely. And it requires silence and stillness. And, um, you know, I, uh, that's probably what you said kind of cast me back to, um, my life shooting movies was, uh, a lot of fun, but it was always this, uh, I felt like I was, it, producers are always trying to screw you out of money, right? <laughs> and so we all belong to unions. And of course, there is your union scale rate wage, the, the legal lim- li- the legal minimum they have to pay you. But on many movies, your rate is negotiated. Mm-hmm. Above scale rate is negotiated, and uh, it's just this constant like, well, would you do it for this? Would you do it for that? Would you do it haggle, for haggle, this? Haggle, haggle, mm-hmm. And like, yeah, no, I wouldn't. Here's mm-hmm. what your your show is a nightmare. Here's what I need to make on it. Are you going to do it or not? And uh, I remember so clearly this horrible man saying to me, "Well, you know what? A monkey could do your job." <laughs> and I was like, "You think so?" okay, good luck finding the monkey. And I walked off the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because uh, that's just like, dude, please, after he had already tried to get, you know, bargain basement prices. Yes. So I think that conceivably that that played in my head for a while, you know, monkey could do your job. But I think that that kind of catalyzed somewhere my this insane dialogue that happened like out of the blue that I described earlier in the call. And um, if and when it's appropriate, I'd like to circle back to a cosmic bitch slap and the yes. aftermath of that. That's mm-hmm. good. Oh, uh, so insight when when we receive an insight from being bitch slapped, uh, usually we're looking at a problem or a challenge or some issue is in front of us, like some blockage, something in front of us. And what that insight does is that it allows us to make a connection between what's in front of us and something that happened to us before that we Mm -hmm. haven't thought of. Mm -hmm. And so when we make that connection, it allows us, or we make an analogy, if you will, as a fancier word but to to make that connection of oh oh hey oh my god this is like that Mm -hmm. and then that allows us to be like and what did i do oh i remember when that happened i did that and it worked and this and that and all of a sudden you're all like woo, Mm -hmm. and you then have more than one solution workable viable solution for what's in front of you and you have just brought 
the unknown mm. over the castle wall into the <laughs> area of the known such that you can figure out that yeah. problem, issue, whatever. And when you do, and it's successful, we feel accomplished. Yes. And feeling accomplished is an instant confidence boost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another one of these things that happens instantly on contact. Bitch slap, insight, connection, solutions, success, accomplishment, confidence. Yeah. And it's a very, once you get a grip on that, is mm. a very rinse and repeat process. And so for me, that was one of my biggest bitch slaps on this journey was when I was in Korea. I was working at a children's language academy, English language. And uh, I was kind of there under duress, I must say. I, uh, 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 I like working with children, but not in that, you know, like movie kids are like mm -hmm. little grown-ups. Mm -hmm. So that's terrific. But um, it was very challenging. And uh, I was really, I was in, it was enjoyable for me because I was really stretched. And I love being stretched. Mm -hmm. I hate being bored. I love being stretched. But I was like stressed out of my mind. <laughs> and uh, I had done a number of things to de-stress that in the past had worked and they weren't working. And I was like, what is going on, man? And I got bitch slapped. I was in my Korean apartment one night drinking an icy beer and eating some puffy, ricey snack things. And I was kind of mentally venting of like, this is such bullshit. It's everything changes every day. They can't keep a schedule. It changes every day. There's these ridiculous demands. There's all these temper tantrums. There, And all of a sudden, boom, I got a huge <laughs> one. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just like shooting a low budget movie on location. Mm hmm. And I was so like my mouth, this puffy, ricey snacks <laughs> fell out of my mouth, you know. And I had to get up and move because I was so energized by this. But point for point, on a on a movie, I deal with actors. Here I'm dealing with kids. On a movie, thing, a movie is organic. Things change all day, every day. They certainly mm -hmm. do here, too. Mm -hmm. On a movie. So, like, and this is all a chapter in the book, but, like, point for point for point for point for point. And when I was done doing that, the stress was completely drained out of my body, yeah. never to return in that job. And that's the power of connecting, making yes. a connection. Mm -hmm. And it's like that uh, for your younger listeners, they conceivably won't know who, what I'm talking about. But uh, Agatha Christie was a golden age mystery writer. Yes. And one of her characters was Jane Marple, who was this little mm -hmm. old lady in her mm -hmm. 80s who lived in a village and watched everything. She wasn't like a busybody, but she watched everything. Observer. She, mm. Observer, that's right, an observer. And uh, she would always, at some point in this murder mystery, say, oh, you know, Tommy reminds me of a young boy many years ago named mm. Nigel. And Nigel was this and that. And that's how she solves the crime. Yes. Because this guy is just like that person or this woman or whomever. This is just like that. And Shazam, she figures it out. Yes. And so in a literary sense, it really speaks to the power of being able to make an analogy and connect 
Yes. This, in this, you know, castle wall, a uh, castle with a big wall around it, right? Mm -hmm. Outside the wall is all this scary, like, oh my God, I don't know what that is. But as soon as you do that, you've reached over the wall yeah. and picked something up and brought it inside, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's part of your known and your world and what's on the inside of that. So it's quite a valuable skill to acquire and develop. You know, using the analogy of her, she was an objective observer. Yes. So she could watch things and let it let it sit with her until, hmm, connection came. And very often we're looking at something and it's like, well, what does it mean? How am I meant to do it? Did it just, just let it sit. Calm just down. Let, calm down. Let it mm. sit. The, it will be revealed. The aha moment will come where the connection is there. But we're so busy pushing the connection before it's ready to be connected, right? So it is, there's a, as we talk a great deal and, and anything about stillness and silence, being in your stillness, being in your silence, being present with self, with no, nothing else around you is a great way to kind of observe what is going on within you, but also the observations on the outside. You will always see something that's relatable to you or something that's gone on, going on, or is going to go on in your future. Mm. And when you pay attention to that, oh, yes, yes, so that happened to me, or that reminds me of this, or that reminds me of that, or you see something, and it could even be a warning of what is coming. Mm. Uh, and, but because when you get to wherever it is you're going, you then think back to what you've just seen, and there's a message right. in there. So mm -hmm. if the observation of life, without the dictation, observing and then waiting for it to unravel as to what it means, is an art in itself. And that's why Agatha Christie was such a good writer, because she always wrote from the observational point of view. And I think right. that's, uh, you know, some some producers, uh, some directors and writers still do that. And that's why we're always intrigued, because we don't know what's going, it's unknown what's going to happen next. We might perceive an idea of this and that, but we don't know until, and we allow it to unravel and discover. But in our mm. own lives, we don't. I want mm -hmm. it now. What does it mean now? How do I use it now? Blah, 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 now. Calm down. Take a breath. Be present with self. Switch everything else off. What you need to know in the now will be presented. Observe. Well, well yeah. And, and you know, silence and stillness, is uh, it's not optional. It's mandatory. Absolutely. I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. And we live in the, you know, power down your eye shit. Yeah. For real. Just yeah. turn it all off. Yeah. And, you know... There's a lot of conversation about doing deep work, which is absolutely totally focused work for a small amount of time, as opposed to your emails open, your social media is open, ping, ding, whatever, stop what you okay, that's the norm. And you will never ever achieve what you want that way. Yep. And this is another part of the human condition is the frenetic nature mm -hmm. of what we try to do. And we've been told that multitasking is a good thing. Okay, let me tell you what, it's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Focused, single, yeah. point A to point B, finish that task, move on to the next yes. one. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not taking away from people who are able to do a number of things at once. I'm one of those people. 
but to gently mothers. <laughs> do, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's out of necessity, right? You know, it's not like you have a choice per se. Right. And then you become more skilled at that. And, but now that's presented as like, oh, that's a great way to be. And it kind of mm. isn't really. No. Uh, and who would if they didn't have to, right? So this, this idea of silence and stillness is another thing that is anathema to us just sit down and shut up yeah can't, can't do it can't do it and it's like a game i play with people i'll take my i'll take my phone and turn on the timer right the stopwatch turn on the stopwatch and this happened with a close dear family friend of ours and uh, she would never shut up and i was meditating one morning and she invaded my space and you know people who like walk up to you and just start talking or they you're in physical proximity and they just start like, dude, excuse me, I'm kind of busy doing something here that without any concern, right. consideration of is it, you know, that it's one of my trigger things. <laughs> so uh, there I was out meditating. We were in Canada, as a matter of fact, <laughs> and uh, walked out in the morning with her cigarette and her coffee and just I was like, dude, please please, man, I'm trying to meditate. It's my morning me time. And it's 530 in the morning, you know? Right. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. And took a few steps away and continued smoking and started yakking again. <laughs> and I'm like, sweetheart, please, please, I'm begging you to, to go somewhere else. Just please give me this is my space, my space, my space <laughs> and my precious 15 minutes every morning. So couldn't do it, whatever. She moved away. And uh, I said, okay, we're going to play a game. Right. We went on the other side of the house where the sun was coming up, where there was a beautiful uh, lake, Lake Superior, I believe, you know, it was like just beautiful. And I said, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand here. And she's like nature girl, you know, into it and stuff. We're going to stand here and watch the sunrise without speaking. And she looks at me and she's like, okay jennifer i said okay are you ready and she's like yeah i'm ready and so i kind of surreptitiously poked the button on the stopwatch on my phone guess how long she lasted five seconds <laughs> nine <laughs> had to make a comment on it mm -hmm. yeah nine seconds mm -hmm. and and uh We've addressed that subsequently, and she knows this monkey mind, this yes. drama, but uh, is not at that place that you described earlier mm. of being ready or being, it hasn't messed her up bad enough yet. Yes, you know? yes. Uh, and it's just really interesting to me, you know, because I've gone days without speaking to mm. anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have too. And, mm -hmm. and that's another part of our cultural indoctrination of of course we're social animals mm -hmm. but it's such a pejorative negative like stillness and silence equals loneliness and isolation no, no it doesn't no, no it doesn't no, definitely it not it's actually being comfortable with being alone with self yeah right Right. Yeah, I'm not well, lonely. I'm just enjoying my own presence right absolutely. there's always a dialogue going on in your head anyway and the thing is, uh, you know, I drive to my daughter's every week. I'm driving tomorrow and it's about an hour and 40 away and it's over the Malahat. It's really pretty along the, the lakes and the ocean um, and a lot of stupid drivers on the road. So there's always that as well that you've got to deal with. But it's a, 
I don't put the music on. I just allow a thought comes in and another thought comes in. I just let it do its thing, right? And it's like uh, sometimes, a, a, you know, a, a movie or a story or a song or something in my head comes up and sometimes it's just piecemeal. But the thing is, is that my mind is busy driving, mm-hmm. right? So my spirit can kind of dance and do what it wants to do. Absolutely. And I think that is such a cool, such a great story because, uh, yeah, it does. I'm one of those people who I have music in my head 24-7. I was raised with classical music and Mm -hmm. I played the piano for many years and there's always a soundtrack playing in my head. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's my go-to thing, right? I get in the car and switch on a classical radio station. And when I don't, Mm-hmm. And I started to not, you know, all of these things have to be conscious, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I remember I earned my living managing time. I mean, mm-hmm. people and money, but mostly time. And I remember, and this was before smartphones, of course, uh, saying to myself, you know what? I'm not going to wear my watch all weekend. <laughs> right. And I didn't. And that was, I'm telling you, man, that was like unheard of for me to not mm-hmm. wear a watch for a weekend. And this music thing is kind of the same thing of, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to not put the radio on because I kind of have some stuff I'm trying to work through and figure out whatever. And uh, it's the same for me, kind of like I I use different words, but I really resonate with what you said, because when I'm, when you're driving or when I'm on the treadmill Mm. and for me, it's not that my mind is engaged. My body is engaged yes. in mindless physical activity, right. driving or on the yes. treadmill. And my, I guess spirit, but I always thought it was my mind now that you mention mm. it, but is that's where I'm in creation mode. My, yes. my mind can move out outward in an expansive way to create my reality. That has yeah. yet to happen. It's a place of imagining and envisioning mm. and setting intentions and whatever. And so that's, I don't think we give ourselves time for that. And if you're conscious about it, so there's another thing I, I've had great success with clients of like, okay, so the mind needs to go out and create. And after the treadmill, I do a yoga and Pilates uh, flow to get my mind back in the present, to ground mm. me in my body, feeling my body back in my body. And after that, I do my meditation. So my mind can go even deeper into my body, into the inside. That's the embodiment of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's worked really well for me, but I've been very conscious about mm-hmm. it. You exactly. Know? And, and it's, it's this people, consciously yeah. unconscious. Yes, quite, quite, right. Quite. You know, it's um. I've got a movie going on in my head all the time, oh, and wow. I'm, I, I am anally <laughs> detailed in my movie. <clears throat> the soundtrack, the color, what the person's wearing, what they're doing, and sometimes I get stuck <laughs> on something. No, no, that's not right. That's not right. And it's like, you know, uh, and it can wow. be quite annoying, especially when you're trying to sleep, because it's constantly going on. And I'm a, a visualer, and uh, yeah. and and everything has to be just so. And I'm not dictating it. If you understand, I'm following it. I'm letting the camera pick it up and go, no, no, that scene's not right. The lighting isn't right. And I'm just, it it just, I don't know, it's just the way it happens. But when I'm um, kind of stressed or got a lot to do or got to do mundane stuff, music's in my ear. 
And then music is is my tranquilizer. My mu- the music calms me down. The music, and and this is the beautiful thing about um, understanding quantum physics. They've measured music and its frequency, and music actually can calm your whole equilibrium down. So Absolutely. whenever I suffered from depression, music was the one that brought me back into equilibrium, back into flow, back into center. And it was that companion. It was that trust. I didn't, I didn't have to do anything other than just listen mm-hmm. and, and allow the music to do its work. And then I could go and do other stuff. So music is always very, very important. And it's a, it's a, it's a huge ingredient in our medicinal needs in our psyche absolutely absolutely vibrational frequencies Mm, you know that are uh, solfeggio tones and such absolutely and those do affect uh, things people don't like to acknowledge our chakras and our our own vibrational energy and you know illness i was i saw something uh, a few months ago that they've now discovered a very high frequency vibrational uh, very but very very high frequency that um dissolves cancer Mm, yes and this is being done in asia this study Mm. is being done probably china i I can't really remember but i was like gobsmacked because i was like wait what about the surrounding tissue no 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 no. it's some harmonic frequency Mm. of what's cancerous with this vibrational frequency that's of course something in the range of what a dog can't even hear you know, it's really high and it's like a laser blast yes. thing, just dematerialized, but none of the surrounding tissue. Okay. Come on. Is that, that's amazing. That's well, it's very vindicating. It's amazing. Yes. It's vindicating. And for me, it's like, and ergo is the universe and that we're all embodiments of consciousness exactly. contained in a skin bag. And, and yeah. I always say it's the hurts that we're in. And when we're in the love hurts, the higher frequency, we can't normally do any harm to anyone else to do so as to harm ourselves. But we go even further into the higher dimensional frequency. And then this, this is the energy, the divine energy that we are meant to be rising up to meet and right. have this ethereal experience. Uh, along with the, we've been living such a human experience without the evolvement of our consciousness. And this is the era of the conscious rising of going mm-hmm. up into that higher frequency. I've done many a show under, especially under the quantum spirituality zone of apparatuses and frequencies and things like this that have become the healing and uh, the equilibrium because a lot of it is blocked chi. When mm-hmm. we have energy that's blocked in our body, it breaks the down, the oxygen, the, the fluidity of, of oxygen and blood and flow is not running. And so whatever area is blocked starts diseasing, right? That's when we're at ill at ease, disease is invited in. But when we break through that and put everything in our frequency and our body back in flow again, right? The body has such a wonderful frequency. It, we're healthy because the, the, the harmonious orchestra in our body is working. We need to support that. We've also got to remember we're 90% water. And uh, with the Amato experience, with the water experience, the ignore the water didn't change, negativity to water went dark, oh, yeah. uh, crystallization of the possible water. So if mm. we're constantly feeding ourselves negativity and round toxicity, we're changing the waters in our body that are meant to be supporting our organs. And the reason Absolutely. why our organs are breaking down is because of that. When we, when we intellectually know, it is time then for consciously to make those changes. Definitely, definitely. Because this definitely. is all scientifically proven. It's like oh, yeah. 
and we know so what are we going to do about it exactly <laughs> or we reject it out of hand and that yeah. japanese that was like okay read it and weep this yes. is not bullshit yes i've Look interviewed as assistant that Look worked with them a couple of times this. yes totally and i've spoken to people who are like oh you've got to be kidding me no. or semantics right yes c-y-m-a-n-t-i right vibrational frequency and the patterns that are this is all very quantum very yes. regulated and you know the thing about this that i really like uh the musical the uh music i'm talking about the that the, the more mathematical part of it mm -hmm. is that um composers i i'm a big history freak yeah mm -hmm. uh composers have known this for for as long as there have been composers. Yes. I mean, Gustav Holst is a guy who wrote a symphonic suite entitled The Planets. Mm. Okay, well, guess what? That's about, and 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 the yes. frequencies and the yes. tonalities of that composition. And also, mathematicians mm -hmm. going back from prior to Archimedes have also been aware of this. Of course. So, like, what the hell's wrong with us? I don't what? know. This is what I keep asking. We have all this knowledge, all of this knowledge that has been based in fact for thousands of years. Why are we still so dense? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and so resistance, yes. resistant to this. And what I'm fascinated by, what changed us from mm. our innocence isn't the right word or gullibility, our willingness, that's the word I want, mm. our willingness to behold these things and mm. be like, wow yeah and and to take out of them what they get you know just that yes. wow yeah intuitive to, living mm -hmm. to now of like oh no 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 that's bullshit that's some new age bullshit like what happened it's no what new happened, age about man? it at all my dear <laughs> yeah. exactly but i think know, i think what happened a lot was religion because then they what they it's doing you can't have a direct line to to god's source you've got to go through well, the church yeah. and they introduced hell <laughs> yeah exactly and and then it, it all became about control because if yeah, you have yeah. people in fear you have them in control and Absolutely. so and then we, we became so fear dominated that it's in our dna it's ancestral it's past life ancestral. And so we carry it with us. And very often we don't even know what the hell we're afraid of, but it's in our DNA. And we need yeah. to change the restructure of that DNA. The only way we're going to do that is the waters that we feed. So if we choose, choose, I may not understand. It may be unknown to me, but I am willing and open to learn, to embrace what I feel is impossible, that is possible. And if we're not going to step into the wondrous frame of mind, we're always going to get stuck in the fear, in the limitation, in the toxicity that is holding us back. Totally, totally concur. And it's just, it's sad, no? I mean, mm. here's these amazing, brilliant, th and, you know, it's also like, uh, I remember the moment I had the epiphany and I was a kid, I was like, not even a double digit yet of like, oh, wow, I'm connected to everything. That mm -hmm. is so cool. But, but wait, I'm also me. Yeah. And as a kid, this, this was uh, a fascinating conundrum for me mm. to hold mm -hmm. those two things in the same container in the same space. <laughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> but I remember it like it was yesterday. Yes. 
Well, I mean, and, I was brought up that, that was way. So cool to me. Yes. That was like the coolest thing I'd ever come up with. I'm probably sublimely stayed with you. Even if your conscious agent stayed with you, sublimely came with you of of yes, that understanding, yes. right? Um, again, I was, I was a sickly child, thrown into bed for weeks on end of blank white walls, and I'm going to go mad if I don't go traveling. So off I went dimensional traveling. And I realized that I wasn't a scholar. I couldn't retain information, partly maybe because that smoke blocks the oxygen off to your head when you're having a fit. So that could very well be part of that. But the other part of it was, you only need to know what you need to know in the now. And I would come up with very profound statements to somebody. How do you know that? Can you repeat it? No. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't repeat it. And I don't know. You just need to know right now. And I realized without realizing I was the channeler. Right. It's just that I, if it was not important or uh, something I needed to know, I didn't retain it. But if I did oh, need I to get know it. it, right, I did retain you it. Did. So, I was the the knowingness person of trusting what I needed to know when I needed to know. And for a long time, it was like, I'm a bad scholar. I've only had seven years of school out of 12 years of schooling. And so I'm very academic and I'm dyslectic on top of that as well. So so school and I just, you know, we, we, we just didn't mesh. But I ended up counseling teachers. You know, when I was a child and then, you know, ended up being that intuitive uh, reader for people to show them their path forward. So later on, I began to understand that my intellectual knowledge was given to me in a totally different way, a totally different understanding of how I was meant to use it. It wasn't meant to be from books. It was meant to be from the universal wisdom and that I've always done it, even though on the human side, I was still trying to please everybody with what they wanted and be what they wanted of Sarah. While the other side of me was like, oh, God, while you're busy doing that, we're busy doing this. So I split for a while until I came together, right? But it is, it's just like we are so much more inside of us. We are this beautiful, purposeful, divine being that is here for a reason. Like I draw the analogy is that we've all got an instrument inside of us. It's up to us to discover what that instrument is, learn how to play it, play it well as a soloist, but then be able to find an orchestra where each and all of you and all of your gifts can harmoniously play together to transcend that music out to everyone. Absolutely. I I refer to them as our our highest gifts. Yeah. And when we're in a place of uh, self-loathing, comparing conforming being an imposter all the rest of that negative shit you, you, how in the world can you access any of that you just you can't no nope. ergo nope. the need to be silent and still and get on in there and shine the light in the cave as it were be willing to take the journey it's not about the destination it's going to be a totally different destination to what you think it is it is about your journey you've got many chapters in your book of life each chapter be willing to explore have the experience even if it isn't a great one there's something that you've learned in that chapter that you'll bring to the next chapter just be willing to be open to receive and explore because if we don't we just shrivel up and die pretty much having said that my darling i know the book isn't out yet but people can pre-order it so can you please tell people a how they can get hold of the book and pre-order also your services, how you yes. offer it to people and where they can find you. Absolutely. So um, 
there is a, I'm sure part of this show will have those materials also. Yeah. Yes. Everything Uh, will be on your show, please. All absolutely. you have to do is put in So, your name and you then know, it will when all come people, up. people read ramble off some, uh, website address, you can just Google cosmic bitch slap. And there's a hyphen between the word bitch and slap. And if you Google cosmic bitch slap, the first thing that comes up is my website. And one of the, on my homepage and one of the website pages is the book. And you click on that and you can order the book that way. I've also sent you, Sarah, to give to your wonderful audience. There's a separate, a pre-order link. Mm I hmm mean, it's that all roads lead to Rome, right but one of them is on my website and one of them is a standalone, a landing page that's right a book pre-order page. Either one of those work. And it's just a very simple, you fill in a, your name and your email address, you hit send, and you do have to wait. People tend to click away. They click that and they get a message that says successfully sent, and then they run away, but you're being redirected to the payment processor. Right. And so if you don't wait and get to the payment processor, I get an email saying, Sarah Troy bought your book. Well, no, she didn't. She just gave me her name and her email address. So we wait for that payment processor. And that's very handy. It's either PayPal or Venmo or debit or credit card. Couldn't be simpler. And um, yeah, it's $25. There's no tax and the shipping is included. And uh, it'll be around towards the end of the first quarter. And um, it's a very, uh, it's a compelling, relatable, pretty funny read. that uh, I've gotten great, great feedback on. And it's uh, things, tangible things that people, Yes. even though you, you might not have worked in the motion picture industry, Mm hmm people tend to be like, oh, wow, yeah, that happened to me. Or, oh, my Mm God, you what? Or, you know, and it's, and hmm <laughs> Yeah. um, I write like I talk and it's, and it's pretty funny. So do please. Um, I also, uh, Cosmic Bitch Slap is also my, confidence building coaching practice and uh i work with i'll work with anyone but entrepreneurs and leaders uh to re kind of redefine and optimize all the relationships in your life can be redefined and optimized when you're confident and Yeah. cultivating curiosity and authenticity and enoughness and connection Mm. are how we build our confidence and it's our confidence that redefines and optimizes all of our relationships. Yeah. So that's uh, what I do coaching wise. And that also is a page on my website. That's www.cosmicbitch-slap.com or Excellent. easier to just Google it, Cosmic Bitch Slap. It'll get you there. And of course, if you come to selfdiscoverywisdom.com and just put in her name, Jennifer, J E N N I F E R, Fieldler, F I E. D-L-E-R, a whole show page with everything comes up there and the link uh, to the pre-order and everything else. So uh, many ways to find you. And it's like, you know, the book, for me, books are, are things that keep on giving. You may read a book and then you pick it up and, you know, I like to just go to a book and go, what do I need to know today? Open it up and there's there's something there, right? And it's like, what I need to know today. And and so you can revisit a book anytime. And of course, you know, book clubs are wonderful because you get in the different perspectives. But I also push podcast clubs where you listen to a podcast Oh, yeah. and you come and discuss 
what you've got out of it. And especially if you've read the book, listen to the podcast of the author, and then you come and then you discuss. What's coming up for me a little bit later is actually going to be Ask the Guest. Uh, I'm going to have a whole series where people then can come back and actually ask the guest about their book or about, you know, their service and everything else in, in a live oh. thing. So that is coming up for me there. So that uh, will make it more exciting as well for people. But it's, um, you know, the best teachers are those that, that have gone through it because you know what skills and tools and everything. You're passing on the things that worked for you. You're passing mm -hmm. on the observation. You're passing on the, the epiphany moments. You're passing on the how-tos. And, and again, when the person's ready to receive, then they're looking up and now how-to. And the mm -hmm. how-to is like, these are the tools. Again, how you bake them is up to you. But these are oh, the ingredients, God. right? And, and we, we want people to use those ingredients in a way that they do relate to because that's what makes it, you know, makes them more them. Right. But yeah, that's the yeah. whole thing. It's that sharing that experience. That's what really works. Indeed, indeed. And and reading the book has catalyzed a lot of people to be like, oh, wow, I want me some of that. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a very that's also uh, to, to address what you said. People have to be ready. Yes. But reading the book has yes. catalyzed that readiness. So right. uh, I the inspiration that we got the invitation. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I encourage your audience. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for letting me appear here on your podcast. My it's pleasure, darling. My absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Oh, I'm delight having you here and, you know, right from the title, from your energy, from your whole outlook on life. And, you know, that just, I mean, in the movie business, you, you, yes, you're going to bring your skills from one movie set to the other, but there is so much where you have to be instinctual or intuitive and kind of, you know, see something that other people aren't seeing. And if you're not tuned into that, you're going to miss something very, very important. And so really what it's done is taken another direction in your life where now you're emphasizing what others aren't seeing and being able to reflect upon them what you see to enlighten and illuminate them. Right. Wow. So. Indeed. Thank you. That's a compliment. And, and nicely said, it's like to take what's up here and bring it down to, to earth to where it can be learned and digested and used. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say with these Thank shows, you. they listen, learn and apply. You can yes. listen to incredible amount of wisdom, right? Learn what it means to you and now apply. Because if you don't apply, it was just a great inspirational hour or two. But it, when you learn to apply, even just one thing, pivot, whatever, think differently, take action, do whatever. You're just going to see your life now begin to change. But it is up to you. You've got to be willing to walk it. So thank you so much, Jennifer. And to everyone else out there, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted and we do hope that you enjoy the next show.